Well, good morning, everybody. <laughs> uh, this is a live stream Sunday School, another episode for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church and all those who join us. I'm Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here. Today is Sunday, October 24th. We're going to go ahead and get started and allow for people to join us online uh, with, uh, uh, as far as uh, getting involved and getting logged in. Uh, we're going to play music from Andre Crouch. Uh, thank you for everything from his uh, CD, Mighty Wind. So here it comes right now. Thanks for being here this morning. Hey, good morning. Lorinda, good morning. Hi. Arlen, good morning. Roscoe. Beverly, good morning. A little peppy one for you. Nate, good morning. Nate Marnell, good morning. Thanks for being here. I feel shadowy. I don't know if it's because of the light over my head. Is doing that or not? Might be. No, go ahead. <laughs> Roscoe and Arella, good morning. Hi. Ronnie, good morning. Cindy Phillips, good morning. Thanks for being here. Bev Parkman, hey, good morning. that there's no interruption. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Welcome back. Live stream Sunday School. One day, I don't know when, but I'm sure we will. <laughs> Amen. Hope everybody's having a good Sunday this morning. good. 
good to get back together again. Today is one of those days I do wish I was on vacation because it's going to be a lot warmer down where we were than it is today here. I know, right? <laughs> That's right. Coffee in a Danish. Oh, I have mocha today. Starbucks mocha. It's pretty good. Not too chocolatey, just kind of a, a nice earthy flavor. Coffee critic. Some chocolate coffees taste like you're drinking just cocoa. Not this one. Greg, good morning. How are you? <laughs> All right. That was Andre Crouch and uh, the song Thank You for Everything. Thank you, Arlen and the praise team for providing music for us on Sunday mornings. It has really made a big difference over the last year and a half and going on two years. And we just thank you again for, for being here with us this morning. We have um, a few things to cover uh, uh, this morning just to make sure that everyone's aware of what's happening and what's going on. Um, we haven't been making announcements about whether or not church is outside or inside because lately we had no need to. <laughs> the weather has taken care of that for us. Uh, ahead of time uh, quite nicely. We're inside today, and uh, we will be, uh, of course, uh, for those of you who are in Akron, uh, Pastor Gus will be bringing the message, and there is a pre-recorded message online available in our timeline. Good morning, Jasper, and good morning, Larry and Ann. Hi. Um, the message, Finding Rest in God, is pre-recorded also and will be online in the timeline immediately following Sunday school uh, it is uploading uh, in about, oh, it'll be ready to go in about 10 minutes or so, but it'll be there for you when you get off of uh, Sunday school. Finding Rest in God. It's a great message. It's a very timely message. It's uh, very appropriate. Um, I know that um, we have talked about this thing about getting rest in the Lord, and it's one of those things where it's very important that you do so, uh, where you're resting not because God has to put you on your back, but because you are actually deliberately taking the time to focus on him. We are um, emphasizing that. It looks like we're just giving emphasis to it now. That's kind of how the messages have gone. And and uh, I love how Pastor Gus and I are just kind of in sync with a lot of things, and I really appreciate that very much. But he is back after a, a pretty long trip earlier this past week, um, and uh, we just thank you that... Uh, uh, for your making sure that you recognize those messages online as well, too. Give those likes and comments uh, for those of you who are not coming to church and if you're going to be watching online, just to make sure that you acknowledge them because they are worth uh, the time is being spent to make sure that we are having a full church experience as much as we can for those who cannot make it to church. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Um, thanks for being here. 
Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We, we do, of course, uh, encourage you to continue to, to make sure that you're getting the, the tithes and offerings to the church. Uh, mailing address is Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And we ask that you continue to remember that. If you are coming to church today, too, by the way, just keep in mind that uh, we are still taking the protocols for, for uh, coronavirus, making sure that we're doing those things necessary. And masks are recommended. Um, they are uh, something that if you're, if you're it's based upon your comfort level, uh, please make sure you're doing that. Uh, and thanks to everybody who was able to make the Janice Wilson Memorial Service yesterday at church. Uh, it was a great service, actually. It was uh, very well presented. It went all over quite well. And I'm um, very thankful for those who were able to make it. Um, and it, it's fitting tribute to a person who loved the Lord. And indeed, it was a great testimony for those who are still on the fence about who Jesus Christ is. I think that's what's important for us to see here, too. Okay. I think that covers all the business at hand. And just uh, another very, very busy week. And we're going to now get into the Word this morning and make sure that we are paying attention to uh, the speaking of the Spirit. And we are covering Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Uh, just to make sure that you're aware of that and also letting uh, my bride know as well, too. Hebrews 10, um, verses 11 through 18. It is a continuation from the lesson from last week, but it also stands alone in many ways, and we'll go over that and talk about that a little bit. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started with Sunday School. Amen? Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to come and gather and sit and listen to you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to learn from you every opportunity we get to be able to understand more and more about your goodness and your greatness. We thank you for your very presence right now. We, uh, Lord, we had a discussion briefly, my wife and I, about where more than two are gathered, you're present. And that's whether you're in the church body or online. We don't see any distinction between the two. And yet, here we are. We are gathered now, and we thank you for your presence. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us as a church, bless us as a people, bless us individually where we can truly experience you in all things that we are doing. And that we recognize it, your very presence at all times. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 11 through 18. And we're going to continue in the study about uh, the, the text primarily talking about how the new covenant is greater than the old. And we, we are talking about Christ's sacrifice that was made for us. It was a once and for all sacrifice. And a lot of this material you've heard before, but I want to give emphasis to some things that's really, really important here because we have to understand something. And that there's application for us here today when we look at what is actually being spoken uh, in the text. We, um, this is written, I, I keep coming back to this and I keep saying it, it's written like it's a sermon. A lot of emphasis, a lot of re-emphasis. A lot of points being uh, given a special focus. And, of course, the special focus here in this particular passage is about the importance of Jesus Christ and how he did something once and for all that was able to uh, honestly uh, be able to take care of uh, all of our sins 
all the things that we did. I'm going to read now, starting at verse 11 in Hebrews 10. Uh, This is the New Living Translation. And let's get started with that. Hebrews 10, 11. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. Verse 12. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 13, there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. And then he says, then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Amen. That is Hebrews 10 verses 11 through 18. Now let's dissect this a little bit more and go back and take a look at this. Now you got to remember uh, that the audience here are the Hebrew Christians who have been trained and raised and not just themselves, but their their parents, their grandparents, their all of their ancestors were trained in this old law, the old law involving these sacrifices. And it came to mind today, one of, an analogy that I thought was pretty good. Um, when you're asking someone to learn something they've never been exposed to before, it's going to require some real insight and real uh, teaching. I remember um, I was walking in the halls of my, my wife's former job and I came across one of her old pictures where she was taking a, had taken a picture had been taken of her. I'm not sure of what it was for a promo or something, but she was standing or sitting at a computer with a, with a, something in her hand as if she was using the computer. Uh, and this is something she had never really done. <laughs> she took the picture. She took the picture, and she had never really done used the computer before. And she was just starting to learn how to use it. And the reason for it was ultimately when when cards are being produced and when when they're putting together these cards, they had to learn, you know use paint, um, drawing, painting, um, pastels, whatever it was that they were using to the, the natural materials to provide. Uh, uh, content for the cards okay so all the colors or whatever it needs it was making art yeah you just drew it right well now the way cards are made are not necessarily all done like that they are mostly done by computer it's all being done by computer programs so my wife had to learn how to use (laughs) yeah where's all this going right my wife had to learn how to use the computer and all the programs that draw um, and, and transition from a whole world of using the natural elements of writing, drawing, sketching, um, using paint, a lot of paint, by the way, a lot of painting was taking place, uh, um, color washing, that type of thing, watercolors, and now you could do all of that with a computer. She had to learn all of that with by using a computer Procreate and uh, all the other programs that go with that. Um, Photoshop. Photoshop, thank you. I blacked out on Photoshop for a moment. But that's a whole different thing that she had to learn and see and understand and what was the what was the benefit of that it was a better way 
of doing art. It was a better way, a more a, a quicker way. If there's a fix, for example, you can just go back on the computer and just fix it by just making some changes. But if you had a mistake or, or something happened when you were doing the old way in drawing, you had to scratch stuff out and start all over again or whatever it was. It was a really tedious way of doing art for the purpose of doing greeting cards. But it was a better way, I'm emphasizing the word better way, to get this work done. And it's being done pretty much almost exclusively now with computer and computer programs. Um, and so the Hebrew Christians were learning about this better way that was totally radical, totally different from what they were exposed to. And they were exposed to what? The, the rituals all the time. Go back to Hebrews 10 verse 11. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day. Now, this is something that was done every day, seven days a week. Offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. And yet, they had to do these things because it was part of the law that was put forth by God. Um, I have an example. I want you to take a look real quick. Go to Numbers chapter 28. Numbers 28, verse 3. Uh, I want you to see how this is very important for us to understand. When you're used to doing a routine, uh, my wife was used to doing the painting, the drawing, the sketching, and that's the part of what her portfolio was. She had to turn in a portfolio of works. and But that was all done without a computer. But now we're talking about the routine that took place every day was a rather tedious routine, if, if you imagine. Numbers 28.3 says, this is the English Standard Version, And you shall say to them, this is the food offering that you shall offer to the Lord, two male lambs a year old without blemish, day by day, as a regular offering. This was something that was done every day by the priests um, in the Jewish community, the Israelites. And so that was the offering that was taking place. And it was the same, same sacrifices over and over again. But ultimately, that act itself, and we covered this before, but I want to emphasize this, it did not take away the sins of the people. It was just something they had to do. We have to recognize and we have to remember that it was the obedience of the people, the obedience of the priests, the obedience of those who were following the law. That is what took away sins temporarily. And we'll see that later when we get further into the study. And just want to emphasize that. So now let's go back and remembering all of that, that this, this routine was in place. And the Jewish Christians, that's all they knew. And so now they're learning from Hebrews 10, verse 12. But our high priest, Jesus Christ, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So... Christ's work is being contrasted contrasted with the work of the Jewish priests. The priest's work was never finished. That's why they had to do it every day. That's why they did it day after day. They had to keep doing it. So they had to stand and offer sacrifices each day according to the uh, law, according to the custom. And But Christ's sacrifice, dying in our place, is finished. So now he is seated at the right hand of God. So he took care of that. With that one act, the priest repeated these sacrifices often, but Christ sacrificed once for all. The old system couldn't completely remove sin, but Christ's sacrifice effectively cleanses us 
from the sin. That sin no longer requires or needs us to uh, give food on the altar or sacrifices to God on the altar. It's a one-time sacrifice, and we emphasize this. It is the better way. The new covenant is greater and better, I'll add, than the old because we don't need to go through all of these rituals. We do now just merely need to point directly to Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior who died on the cross for us. And that's what's really important for us to see. So if we look again at verse 12, the high priest offering himself as a sacrifice. If the Jewish readers, the Jewish Christians, whoever they were, were to return to the old way of doing things, they're going. that would be an implication or an indication, frankly, that Christ's sacrifice wasn't enough to forgive their sins. And they really just didn't believe. And, and, and we emphasize this for a very important reason. We sometimes take for granted sometimes what Christ has done on the cross for us when we really shouldn't do that. We really should pay attention to why Christ's way is indeed the best way. If the Jewish Christians were going to go back to the old way of doing things, they'd be floundering in their, in their own minds because they'd be going back to a ritual that was unnecessary and it, was, it, was, and it wasn't even taking care of their sins the way they uh, had thought it would be. So now there is, comes an issue of being obedient now to what Jesus Christ is saying because he is the one that represents this new covenant. And we need to understand that believing in Christ, Jesus, is everything for us. Amen? It's everything. It, it is, it's the foundation of what we are doing. If we are not believing that Jesus Christ is sufficient for us, if we're believing that our own flesh is, is, set, is sufficient in what we are doing, then we are acting as people who are lost because we know that we can never in any way, shape, or form feel confident that what we are doing or where we are right now in our faith is satisfactory. We, we are being shown here by this teaching in Hebrews that we don't want to go back to a place where we have to be always being reminded of our sins because we're going through these daily rituals of, of going, to a, going through a priest. And there it would just be harboring additional guilt. You have to understand something. Sin is as easy as sin is as easy of forgiveness of sin is what I should say. Forgiveness of sin is as easy as turning directly to Jesus Christ and asking Him to forgive us. In the old days, you had to wait for the priest to do it for you, because it was not going to be sufficient. And honestly, I don't know how you could be confident by giving your uh, way of doing things to another human being and having them act on your behalf when you can go directly to the source of forgiveness. And that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And, and that's really important for us to see. Any system to gain salvation through good deeds is essentially rejecting the significance of Christ's death and spurning the Holy Spirit's work. One of the worst things we can do as a human being, or could have done, honestly, is to reject the Holy Spirit. That is the the term that we refer to as the unforgivable sin in Scripture, rejecting or blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit, who is in fact God himself as well too, comes to you and, and you acknowledge that you need a Savior. Um, thank the Lord that you did that because when you reject his words, when you reject his teaching, when you reject his uh, giving you the information that you need, you're, you're basically saying that 
Jesus Christ is insufficient. And that in itself is not the problem, but the problem is rejecting the, the Holy Spirit. That is what we have to look at here. Beware of anyone who tells you that Christ's sacrifice still leaves you incomplete or there is something else that is needed to make you acceptable to God. That is nonsense. That is hogwash. That is fiddle-faddle, whatever the term you want to use to... In, in fact, tell that person that. I'm sorry. That's just not correct. That is an incorrect teaching, and don't repeat that because that's incorrect. There's Jesus Christ is indeed sufficient for all of us. We've got to understand that. We have to recognize that. If someone else is teaching you something different where you've got to do something additional, you got to, no, you don't have to do anything additional. You just recognize who Jesus Christ is. He's Lord. He's Savior. He's the one who takes care of our sins, past, present, and future. When we believe in Christ, he makes us completely right with God. You get that? Completely right to completion. Everything there is very important for us to see. Our loving relationship leads us to follow him in willing obedience and service. That's the whole point. When we're obedient to the Lord, when we're serving the Lord, uh, he is going to bless us. He is going to be with us. He's going to work with us. He's going to help us through these things that we're going through. And we've been going through quite a bit. Amen. There's been, uh, we've had a lot of personal battles, a lot of personal struggles. We've seen people in our lives uh, who have uh, been here one day and gone the next. Tough times in, in, some, in some circles, in some areas. But we still cannot deny that God is good because we know for those people who are in faith, who are in faith, who die in, the, in Christ, they are with him right now. So they're in a great place. They're in the best place they could be. And as for those of us who are still here, God is pleased with our service. We, our good deeds alone don't save us, but our, it's our acknowledgement of who Jesus Christ is and recognizing that and just living in, and, and being in service uh, for him. That's where, uh, remember I said before, it was not the sacrifices in the Old Testament. It was the obedience factor. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what Samuel told Saul. We, we want to emphasize that sacrifice is a ritual. It's just something that God put forth for us to for for the people to test them to see how much they would be obedient to Him. But in all cases, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Always better. Okay, so let's go further back in the study here to Hebrews ten, verse thirteen. Uh, that's following what Jesus, what was being said here about Jesus Christ, the High Priest, doing what he did as a single sacrifice, good for all time. Now look at verse thirteen. There he waits. He's sitting at the honor of God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Now that comes from somewhere, and you have to understand that the writer of Hebrews is only pulling from Old Testament scripture to make sure that, number one, the audience, the Hebrew the Hebrew audience is recognizing what's being said. But uh, I want to make sure that I also emphasize that this is also repeated in the New Testament as well, too. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 25 through 28. Now, the emphasis is given. A lot of people point to Paul as being the one who is the writer of Hebrews. It was unclear. It was not really made clear. Um, I, I just think it was a bunch of sermons that were being written. <laughs> uh, and they're all compressed together in this letter format. But ultimately what it comes down to is that um, Paul is the one who makes this statement here in 1 Corinthians. And so this is being drawn upon that back in Hebrews as well, too. 
It says 1 Corinthians 15, 25. 1 Corinthians 15, 25. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. You see where this is coming from? Verse 26, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then verse 27 in 1 Corinthians 15, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expected who put all things in subjection under him. And then verse 28, when all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him that God may be all in all. Now, the subjection is what? Subjected under Jesus Christ is ultimately what we're referring to here. All the enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We can pretty much anticipate and, and to say is right now because he has already risen and he is in that position of authority where all enemies are going to be coming, coming under him. Death is conquered by Jesus Christ. Death has already been conquered. It has already been conquered, and death is the one thing that will be put, it'll be destroyed ultimately at the, in the very end. And why do we say that? Because we are eternal beings. We have a life here that we live in, and we will die from this place, but we're going to have our, the bodies that we have are going to remain here, and we're going to have whole new bodies. Our souls are going to be the ones that are going to be encompassed with a, a real new body. So we have eternal life, but we have to live in such a way and understand that we live according to where we, we're supposed to be when it comes to obedience and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who choose to live differently are disobedient, don't want to follow Christ. They're going to have a, they're going to have a body too, but it's going to be one of those bodies that um, unfortunately will be better suited for uh, punishment, eternal punishment, and that's something that we have to recognize too. Don't want to veer off too much there, but that's I wanted to make the point here about how Jesus Christ is in the position where all the enemies, everybody, all the things, all the death, all the disease, all the sickness, all the illness, all those things that we are experiencing right now as a people will all be subjected to him and will be defeated, and they will all be overcome where I'm very thankful that I won't have to worry about aches and pains or illness or anything like that uh, when I'm in eternity. That's the wonderful thing to look forward to. And even those people, even those people that we know of who have, are suffering from Alzheimer's, for Parkinson's, for those illnesses of the mind where it's unfathomable to have to go through something like that, they're going to be restored and they're going to be back to where they were before. These are all, all these diseases, all these sicknesses are all going to be conquered. And it's very important for us to recognize that too. This, this is all temporary. It's all temporal. It's well worth acknowledging the goodness of Jesus Christ. We, we're not going to begin to understand why um, people have to go through those things, except, and I think this is really very important for us to understand, God is trying to teach someone something about his goodness, even through the midst of all these different ailments that people go through. God is trying to make him, even for the caregivers, the people who are taking care of them. Not everybody's going to get it, but a lot of people will. And, and I, I pray that that is exactly what's happening. Um, uh, dear friend online, I know that is going through a great deal right now dealing with her mother. And most of you know that my mother is in assisted living uh, and cannot care for herself because of her own 
illness. And I just know that God has her in his hands. And that there will be good things coming because I do know before she lost the ability to articulate, she did acknowledge Jesus Christ. And that's the most important thing um, that we need to take away from this. So for those of you who uh, wonder how these things happen and why they happen, sometimes we're just not going to know the reasons until we frankly are with our Lord and Savior. But we recognize that God is always in the business of bringing people closer to him. He is always in the business of uh, having people acknowledge his presence in the midst of treatments, in the midst of care. He is just trying to get people to pay attention and pay attention to him and what he's doing. And thankfully, Jesus Christ, he, that sacrifice that he gave as a high priest, it stands for all of us. It stands for, for all time, from all the Old Testament saints up to the present and even in the future. Um, are you praying for your relatives and friends who don't know the Lord right now? Are you doing that? That should be a regular process in your life to pray for those individuals and pray for these people. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Um, the stuff's coming to mind as I speak, so I, 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 I thank you for your patience as I go through this lesson. Verse 14, back to Hebrews chapter 10. For by the one offering he made forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Let's not go past that too. He forever made perfect. Now understand something. The, the, the priests were not perfect. They were human beings. They made mistakes. Sometimes they didn't do the sacrifices properly. Sometimes they didn't get it right. Sometimes they, if you do something day after day after day and it's a routine every day, you're not going to be perfect. There are going to be mistakes that are made. But and and people in our we are not perfect in ourselves. We readily acknowledge that. I mean, I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. At some point, you're going to. It's just a natural thing. But there's room and opportunity to come back and fix those mistakes you've made. Or you, in fact, if the mistakes are encompassed by sin, you can take those directly to Jesus Christ and, and ask for forgiveness for our shortcomings, for our short tempers, for things that we do that we snap off at somebody you should ask for forgiveness because that's not the right way to act right you you do what's necessary so he made forever made perfect those who are being made holy and we are being made holy how are we being made holy we're being made holy through the sanctification process in the holy spirit because we have the holy spirit dwelling within us he makes us better and better every day he is the one who makes us holy on our own, we could never be holy. Our flesh does not allow for that. We have to be obedient first to the Lord Jesus Christ and recognize that. But he is the one who sanctifies us and makes us holy. He tells us to be holy because I am holy. But he tells us that because it starts with us to take an action to do what? Be obedient. Look at his word. Stay in his word. And he takes care of the rest. He takes care of that holiness that we are referring to here. Okay, so verse 15 well, pardon me, go back to verse 14. We are being made perfect. We have been made perfect. and But we're still being made holy because of the sanctification that I just mentioned. Um, Christ, once and for all, made believers perfect in God's sight. It was that one action, the sacrifice on the cross, that made us perfect. The one action. We were made perfect. Everything flows through Jesus Christ as making us perfect. Remember, we have fellowship we pray, we're praying to God the Father in heaven, but we pray in whose name? 
Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name because Jesus is the one who makes us holy. We are able to approach God and go directly to God. We don't need a priest to do that. So we make that, make that point and emphasize that point. We are being made perfect in God's sight because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. And we're being cleansed and we're being worked with day after day. The one daily routine that we do have is to subject ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, remain in prayer, remain focused on the Word, remain focused on Jesus' teaching, remain focused on Jesus' guidance. This is a daily thing. If we're doing anything that's worth the time, it's the time we're spending in His Word because that's how He communicates with us. We... um had a brief discussion a little while ago. I don't remember where I had it, and maybe it was in Sunday school, maybe not. But, you know, some people wonder about whether or not the voice of God is speaking to them or they are hearing the Spirit speak. It ultimately is secondary to the fact that you have God's Word in front of you right now in your Bibles and electronic devices. God's Word is right there speaking directly to you. And have you noticed how God speaks to us in different ways, even though we're reading maybe the same thing? Something that the Spirit is doing is giving us information that's beneficial for us to be able to carry on our lives and do what we do. And it may be interpreted slightly differently. The words are the same, but the effect may be different in such a way where we're prompted to do something perhaps that we hadn't done before or do something differently that we were doing and maybe it wasn't working. Or we're growing in such a way where the Spirit is speaking to us and helping us, encouraging us to take steps and move in certain directions. I learned that um, not that long ago about the importance of being very specific in prayers because um, if we don't challenge God in something like that, you won't know what he can do. And, and I, I emphasize that for those people about praying with specificity. I think that that is something that's so important now. Rather than just having general prayers, general prayers go so far. It doesn't mean that God's not hearing you or not listening, but God challenges sometimes now to take this faith thing and go further with it where we do indeed experience his teaching in the sanctification. We experience the growth that he's giving us in the Holy Spirit. Be specific with your prayers. Be specific in the things that you're asking for. Do not just keep saying general prayers like, I'm, I pray that everyone gets along. Well, that's great. We all want that, but ultimately that's really not anything that you're going to be able to do a litmus test with to see if everybody is getting along because you're going to find people who don't get along. You, you have to get to past that point now and personalize your faith with Jesus Christ and pray specifically for what you want him to do in your life and what you would like to see in your life. It'll grow your faith when you see that specific thing answered. Yes, it'll grow your faith when you see that specific thing answered. You'll, you'll know right away God did it because you were very specific in that action that you prayed for. Thank you for providing that. That's a, that's a great lesson for all of us, isn't it? We, goodness knows, we, many of us have been around long enough where we've seen so many things happen in our lives. But we've been praying for people all our lives sometimes to get uh, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We've been praying for others to get that. And we finally see it, and it's like, wow, God answered our prayer. But you have to be consistent in those prayers, though, too, don't you? You have to keep praying and recognize what God is doing. We have every day is an adventure. I love saying that. Daily pilgrimage. 
<laughs> Every day is an adventure. And I say that because, and I, there's no copyright on that, but I really believe that. Every day is an adventure. There, there's always something that's going on where we have to be ready and be anticipate God doing something amazing. And frankly, we, we need to understand that if he's still teaching all of us. He's still teaching me, everybody. I'm not, trust me, I'm not in any way, shape, or form uh, uh, fully evolved <laughs> when it comes to faith issues or anything like that. I'm still learning too. So none of, none of us should be surprised by this. We should all be uh, looking at our faith in much the same way. We, we are still learning something from the Lord, and he's not finished with us. God is not finished with us. That's what we need to see here. Keep applying the scriptures that you're reading to all areas of your life. That's a form of obedience. Accept the discipline and the guidance that Christ teaches because he provides discipline. He gives us what we need to be able to gain understanding. He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us and reinforce this teaching. And we also need to make sure that in our obedience to him that our desires, honestly, are secondary. We want a certain control over our desires. We want to be under control. We want to make sure that we're doing things that are well within his will. And when it comes to goals, the most important goal that we can all have is serving him. Now, it's okay to make goals if you want to make plans for the future, if you want to see things happen. I mean, that's part of um, sometimes we have to have those goals out there to see how God answers the prayers, right? It's being specific. It's being specific, yeah. When it comes to that, we have to have those things. So sometimes those goals are part of that. But ultimately, we need to put those things out there, but recognize that the most important thing, even in the midst of all of that, is being in his will. God's not going to deny you anything as long as you're in his will. He will not deny it. I've, I've learned that. I understand that. I've seen other people go through that. And we have to understand, if it's in his will, and if it's something that is in your heart as well, too, he will not deny it. So we have to recognize that anything that's in his will, there may be delays. We have to still wait for timing, all those things that take place. And sometimes we do a lousy job of waiting on timing and say, oh, man, forget it then. I'm not going to worry about it. Well, that's not, how, that's not how we're to live. We're supposed to live in such a way where we're letting Christ lead. And that involves leading in such a way where he is in control. He is involved in the process we're not robots. We're being obedient to him, but we're not robots. He still acts according to how we move, but if it's in his will, he's going to honor it. That's something that I will always maintain, and I always stress that. Okay, back to Hebrews ten fifteen, And the Holy Spirit te also testifies that this is so, for he says, and this is very important, verse 16, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. This is an Old Testament statement. In verse 17, then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Take a look at Jeremiah 31. I want to reemphasize this. Again, we're pulling passages that the Hebrews should be familiar with. Jeremiah 31, verses 33 and 34. Now, and understand that Jeremiah is doing prophecy here, and he is basically providing information that God is giving him for us to see this prophecy. And this prophecy is actually referring to the new covenant. Look at what he says. It's repeating what was being said here in Hebrews 10, 16, and 17. 
Jeremiah 31, 33. This is the English Standard Version, by the way. For this is the covenant that I will make, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. That's the Holy Spirit. I will write it on their hearts, the Spirit. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And what does the Spirit do? The Spirit gives you this connection where you have a heart relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 34 in Jeremiah 31, And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each, each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Now, this relationship is referring to all the believers, all the people who are with the Lord. They'll all know him. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. That's all the people in the body of Christ who have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're all, we all have knowledge of who Jesus Christ is because we believe that he is our personal Lord and Savior. Remember, this is not what's happening. The old priests were not doing this. They weren't talking about this. From the least unto the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Amen. How is he forgiving our iniquity, remembering our sin no more? It's because of the power of Jesus Christ. We have been made holy in Christ because of our relationship with him. Yes, we still sin. Yes, we still mess up. But being cleansed is as simple as asking Jesus Christ for forgiveness because he has taken care of that sin, past, present, and future. He always say past, present, and future because we have to remember Jesus' act was an act that took care of sin for all time. For all people who acknowledge who he is. For all time. We're, going, we're talking about going back to Adam and Eve, everybody. That's how far we're going back. The various pers- first people who were to live on earth under the understanding that we have as far as creation is concerned. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Jesus Christ takes care of all sin for all time, for all people. And it's those who acknowledge him. It's about forgiving their iniquity and remembering their sin no more. What a blessing. That's why we don't take what Jesus Christ did for us for granted. We don't ever take it for granted. We recognize it for what it is. It was an all-time sacrifice for all people. And the Hebrew Christians were learning this better way now, the better way of acknowledging their sin, a better way of living because they have freedom now in Jesus Christ. One thing that when Jesus Christ says, when, when, when uh, he says he is free indeed, when you acknowledge him, he's talking about the freedom of living and worshiping under Jesus Christ because there's no longer a need for rituals. There's no longer a need for sacrificing animals. There's no longer a need for doing anything other than acknowledging Jesus Christ. And you have to understand something. One of the things that we've got to be very cautious about as we go through our different circles, you hear people talk about Jesus Christ or talk, well, you hear talk about faith. They may not be talking about Jesus Christ. They might be talking about something, not really sure what it is they're talking about. Uh, but then you hear stuff that's just weird. And then it's like, okay, you have to kind of filter that stuff out and just say, you know what? You know what your relationship with Jesus Christ is and what it's all about and how important it is for you to continue to live in that manner. And I want to make sure that we recognize that as well, too. And when the time comes when someone tells you something that doesn't sound right, if you have the occasion to speak to them 
more than once, you might want to ask them about what they what they're talking about and what they really mean and what they're going, you know, what they're interpreting. And you might learn more. You might go, oh, my goodness, I just got opened up a can of worms here, didn't I? But that person needs to learn the truth. That person needs to be taught something. And we have to understand that not everybody is teaching the same stuff, okay? They'll try to infuse a new age religion type stuff into it. They'll try to infuse more about self-reflection, mindfulness. Sometimes these are buzzwords that can go too far off into the hemisphere where you're you're relying less upon Jesus Christ and more upon your own self-interpretation of what goodness is. And that is always a danger. That's something we always need to be conscious of. I, you, you've got to make sure that you've got to make sure that first of all, people understand that Jesus Christ is the key here, not something that they're doing or something that they're going through as far as a personal ritual. I won't. I'm not going to get into what I'm referring to. I think you can kind of infer that on your own uh, as you observe behaviors of others. But we need to be ready to speak about the truth of Jesus Christ when that comes up. And so the writer here in this particular study, when we look at, again, back at verse 17, the powerful statement that Jesus Christ will, and that God will, pardon me, through Jesus Christ, God will never again remember our sins. Never again. He took care of it for all time. That's the beauty of this. That's what we always want to remember here. Christ forgives us completely, so there's no need to confess our past sins repeatedly. Remember when you made a mistake before and you regret it and you just keep talking about it and you keep festering on it? Well, have you given it to the Lord and have you accepted his forgiveness? Uh, that's what this is all about. We have to, if you're going to ask for forgiveness, you don't just keep some stuff to yourself and give him everything else. Well, if there's something that's bothering you, give it, dump it to the Lord. He can handle it. He can handle it. He can handle anything that you give to him. And if you're if something is bothering you very deeply that you've done in the past that you just haven't gotten past for whatever reason, why are you holding on to it? Is it a badge of something that you're wearing because you just want to hold on to that or do you want to just dump it and get rid of it forever? Give it to Jesus Christ. Do it today. If you're holding on to something that you shouldn't be holding on to. Give it to him. He takes care of that. And we need to be confident that he forgives our sins. Those bad things we've done in the past, those little things we've done in the past, we renounce, we renounce them, we get rid of them. They're forgiven and they're forgotten. Amen. Forgiven and forgotten. We move on. Do you believe that God forgives sin? For example, if somebody in prison asked to be for repentance because they murdered someone, do you think God forgives that sin? Of course he forgives the sin. He forgives the sin. We separate the consequence of the action. But God forgives the sin. It won't take the consequences away necessarily. It won't take away consequences necessarily. Exactly right. I mean, that we recognize that. There are some sins that, you know, it's one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. Well, there's a reason why God tells you not to murder somebody. Because, number one, it's going against God's law. And, number two, there's a consequence for that. Uh, murder was punishable by death back in the Old Testament. That's something that was very clear. Now, we're living under a new covenant, and we recognize that there still can be a consequence of um, being on death row and, and, and going through that. But 
the most important thing for you to see here, look at the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross. Up until that point when he is being, was being punished, just as Jesus was being punished or crucified, um, forgiveness was not something that was he was looking to until he saw Christ and recognized who he was and what he was going through and recognized that Christ was being punished for doing nothing wrong. And so something got in his heart that said, you know what, Lord, you, you're, you're the one who can rescue me, who can save me. And he recognized that and asked Jesus for forgiveness. And that he recognized in his heart that he would have a place with him. And that's why Jesus assured him, together you will be with me. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus knew the heart of that thief on the cross. We have to understand the magnitude of what Jesus has done for us. It is a, an amazing, wonderful, magnificent, glorious thing that he has done for us. And that we are assured, even for those who die ahead of us, those who know the Lord Jesus Christ will see them again. And that's the beauty of what Jesus Christ has done. He has promised and he has not broken he has not broken one promise in his word. I believe his promises. And I pray that you believe his promises too. I pray that you recognize. Look at Hebrews 10 verse 18. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. We've got, we don't need to do those things. This is the teaching to the Hebrews, uh, the Israelites who were present, being listening to this instruction. They were learning about this better way. The new covenant is the better way. We don't now have to scuffle and scrape pallets or, or scrape paint apart to have things redone to make it look right. We can just use that computer and just make the change, make the fixes, turn it in, and get ready for the next job. These are all things that we recognize because of God's goodness. He's made it that simple for us. The new covenant is always greater than the old, always will be greater than the old. The old covenant was there for the instruction and for people to recognize that they too had sin in their lives. And they would carry guilt. We no longer need to carry this guilt. We no longer need to carry any burdens. Cast your cares upon him. He will recognize them. He pays attention. He will forgive your sin. He'll forgive your transgression. Amen? Father, thank you for your teaching today. Thank you for the reminders of your goodness in all things. Thank you for how you just uh, allow the Spirit to speak the spirit to guide, the spirit to give instruction. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless us as a church, bless us as a people, and individually, those of us online, Lord, we thank you for your very presence. Your presence alone is a blessing. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. Help us, Lord, to continue to look to you and pray specifically for things now. Challenge ourselves in our faith. Help us to recognize and meet that challenge. 
you can do so many wonderful things, and you have done wonderful things. But now let us be a people, that remnant that you have put forth. As we recognize, Lord, not all people who profess to be Christian are really following you. But let us be that remnant that you recognize and instruct. And for the good of all, we thank you, Lord, for answering prayers for the sake of your people. Help us now, Lord, and meet us where we are today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, thanks, everyone, for being with us today. I hope that you got a lot out of this today. I sure did. I'm, I'm just uh, in awe of what God has done and what he continues to do. And I pray that he continues to show you those ways as well, too, in everything that you're doing. You guys take care of yourselves. We will start uh, anew with another study next week. Stay online, and for those online in the timeline, and look for Pastor Gus's message for the day. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves, and thank you for being with me as I do share. Um, God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.